Welcome to this Tuesday edition of the Spoils of Akron podcast. This is Liz Tyre, and I'm here with my co-host... Chris Miller. And we have a special guest today, Mr. Michael Owen, Akron's own Mike Owen. Mike has been uh, one of the pioneers, one of the main uh, sort of trailblazers when it comes to Akron development and real estate. But Mike, you tell us, and thank you for being here, by the way, please sum up how do you think of yourself in terms of... um, what your favorite contributions were to Akron and, and what you've done here? Well, I think, Liz, um, I've been like the luckiest guy on earth. I um, have been in the right place at the right time with the right people to help put my shoulder to a wheel that, you know, has accomplished a lot. Um, I started coming downtown a long time ago when it was really vibrant. I was lucky um, in... The late 60s, I had my first job downtown in a law firm, and it was a title company, and I got to walk around downtown, so I saw a very vibrant downtown. When I wanted to come downtown to start working when I got home from college in 1976, it was a really different downtown. So between 19, late 60s and, and late 70s, there was that big of that change. And that's what people talk about when they say how it got kind of run down here and now there's this resurgence in this new energy. You're saying just in that decade alone, there was a huge change. I think we won a Clean Air Award that the joke was that that cost us over 100,000 manufacturing jobs in that time period. So when a, a local economy in a town the size of Akron has to make that kind of adjustment, it's catastrophic. And uh, when we came home from college, those of us that did come back to Akron, there was probably no worst representation of a Rust Belt picture than downtown Akron and the factories that were at both ends of it. How did uh, you react to that at that time? Did you stay and and work through it? Did you go elsewhere and come back? Oh, no. We started at that time I was working with the city's law department and we were starting to do planning work to come up with some ideas to scale it back down to a manageable size and revitalize it. And uh, it was a fascinating time, you know, fueled with young men's optimism. And uh, then, you know, I I got to be involved in some planning efforts, and uh, I had the good fortune to finish law school and go to work for the B.F. Goodrich Company and was able to meet with some people and join them, and we were able to redevelop the rubber factories into what is now Canal Place. Look at you. Yeah. You had sort of a blank slate to work with. I mean, I remember, I mean, I'm a bit younger than you, but I remember Akron in the 80s, and it was still on the mend, you know, and even from those days, even from the, the, the 70s and, and, you know, the, the Rust Belt fallout, I guess, if you will. So we ask a lot of our guests, why, why do you stay in Akron, and, and why do you continue to stay in Akron, and why did you stay in Akron then? You said it was a blank slate, so it was probably a, you know, a good... Or, uh, you know, it was, it was a canvas, I guess, to work with. It was the party scene, wasn't yeah. it, Mike? No, it really wasn't. Really, which clubs it really, were you going to? It really wasn't that. Um, oh, no? The Daily Double. There was a. What's that, a bar? Uh, yeah, it was a bar downtown behind uh, where Brico was uh-huh. with really good live music scene. What is it now? Where, like, what's there it's, now? I think it's uh, Tap 69. Oh, 69 Taps. Double. Okay. The Daily Double I, yeah, was a, a great that. place. Um, but then, you know, we got lucky and we were able to put together some things at Canal Place, and uh, I had always done arts-based redevelopment. In in time in New York, I would go to a lot of underground art scenes, and we had a lot of underground space at the Goodrich buildings, and uh, a guy, John Puglia, pioneered a a gallery called Millworks, and then we sort of picked that up when 
they left with that, and we intertwined the two. And through that, we were fortunate enough to meet some visionary people from St. Louis that wanted to do a dinner in our art show. And uh, they were the people that formed the company called AES. And down at the corner of uh, Maine and Cedar was a really deteriorated building that we were able to really champion into the home of the polymer industry in Akron. Because at that time, people had heard that, you know, this polymer revolution was going to be lead us out of the rubber malaise. But nobody really knew where the polymers were. We had a polymer center in the university. But, you know, we were able to take and transform this rubber factory through some really wonderful planning and some really wonderful architecturals into something that would be representative of new Akron coming back. And uh, it was a fascinating time, fascinating building. You know, it, we had the support of an entire community in turning a building around. And uh, so that was sort of what got me started in terms of the capital, the political capital, to start other redevelopment efforts at the other end of downtown. And, uh, you know, I'll be forever thankful for the people that, you know, were in those ditches with me, and they were great people, the Tell family, and certainly Stuart Lichter and his partners in New York that, you know, gave us a chance to show to them and to, I think, the community that you could support, you know, big, large-scale redevelopments of the historic buildings. You said the Tell family? as Tell, T-E-L-L. T-E-L-L, Tell family, are they... They were Based the fam- here in Akron? They are. They're, uh, primarily, they were suburban developers, but the, the patriarch, a gentleman named Paul Tell, saw the, the reasoning, and he also liked the math. Having a, you know, a long-term lease on 154,000 square feet of space, you can get in and do some economic development with. And uh, they took a risk when you know, this town needed somebody to take a risk. And you know, with that, then you knew the ballpark was coming. And I guess, you know... Canal could, Park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So egotistically, then what I kind of did was, this was work that I did south of Cedar Street. So what I did was I went north of Perkins Street and bought every building that I could get my hands on in the area around Luigi's. And uh, we had an Which idea. today is known as? We developed a concept called Northside. The Northside District. And it worked. It did. It's it's a flourishing little neighborhood and area um, the art walk starts there every month. Um, the trolley uh, takes people from that area because there are some great galleries right there. And then, you know, proceeds to go around uh, other little areas of downtown, other galleries, I should say. Um, but, you know, that's just one thing that takes place in the north side area. There's the train depot, the Cuyahoga Valley uh, Scenic Railroad drops people off and picks people up via the train just behind uh, the North Side Lofts, which is a beautiful building, the North Side Loft building, which houses DBA. I mean, that little area has really uh, been up and coming the past few years. And what can you tell us about your uh, not just development projects, but you actually owned a couple businesses in that area as well, correct? Yes. They um, were called? Uh, we had a saloon called Northside. The Northside Bar. Yeah, and we had a, a gallery called Millworks Gallery. Um, and that was, know, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you said that was with John Puglia, correct? John Puglia started it many, many years ago. And he was a, a great man. He was a great man. We yeah. remember him fondly. He was a neighbor here. He worked, he was the director, um, excuse me, the creative director for White Space. And he was just a, a very friendly face here in the neighborhood and a, and a very talented artist in his own right. He was a foundation stone in the rebirth of Akron Arts. There's no other way to describe it. 
So he and, and you and he put together Millworks Gallery. Well, he put it together and really, uh, you know. What you provided ha- the space? Provided the space. That's important. Uh, well, and what happened with Millworks, Millworks ended up lasting like 25 years. And somebody new would throw their shoulder to the wheel and then they would run out of energy and I would end up having to pick it back up and then somebody else would pick it up and it became the red light galleries right part of it became the red light galleries did you you ever go there chris oh yeah yeah and i remember when Northside was kavanaugh's bar oh yeah it was another band the the glintics and uh yeah Northside was a known jazz club and you know before the blue before we had blue jazz you know Northside was where you went to see jazz or jazz open mics and it was a great place and when i was in college we did poetry readings there and and yeah, right. I, and I remember red light too. It was, it was, and this it's a is great a, area. A cool little tidbit is that Crave started in the North Side Bar. Their they did. Kitchen, they were our kitchen. The small kitchen oh. that's in that bar, which is now Jilly's, uh, there's still a kitchen in there that functions under new ownership and operation. But that is where Crave actually started. That was their sort of incubator space, if you will, or their start before they became what they're known as now, the, the full restaurant that they are now. Oh, that's so. amazing. Yeah, Lauren Ward started there. Lauren Ward, uh, who owns Noto, the Noto Boutique, started in that building as well. So the history is really cool, and it must be very rewarding for you to provide those spaces to those entrepreneurs who get their start with you and move on and continue to do great things here in Akron. It's a wonderful thing to watch. But, you know, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about something else that was really wonderful in the Northside area. As, as the reach grew, the Reach Group. The Reach grew north. You know, the, oh, the Reach grew. Yeah, you're trying to get down there and down, you know, downward. Out. Tony's working at North and Howard and the Mustel store. Yes. But you know, I think the biggest thing that was able to happen there is that once we put some foundation stones in place, the people at AMHA in the city saw the wisdom. Tell the people of, what of AMHA is. American uh, Akron Metropolitan Housing Authority. There you go. And we were able to go down with you know a group of people and collectively rebuild the projects at Elizabeth Park and build Cascade Village. And Cascade Village is really important to Northside because what it does is it now, rather than having a large public housing impediment to the north end, we have a place that we've really been able to give mixed income groups a chance to have a really wonderful home in a really wonderful setting in the Little Cuyahoga River Valley. But what it also does is because you have stabilized that area, is you have a big land mass along that north side and the east side of north side that now will be ripe for redevelopment because we have land and we have space for parking, which are really critical in north side. I hope everybody's listening and and following because this is your city that he's talking about. And not only what's uh, become um, something and and what you can drive through and and see today, but what's coming, what's actually uh, available now to turn the next page, become another developmental uh, site and and bring something else to the community. So what he's talking about is... um, what's been done and what's on the horizon over in those areas you really beautified a once blighted area with cascade village and and it it does it does assist with that you know that there's always that hub there at north side but assists in growing outward um into other other neighborhoods other you know surrounding areas so it's it's a great thing it really is and you know when you start to quantify these economic development numbers you know somebody told me recently that north of perkins street in the last 20 years since we've been working there, we've been able to trigger over $160 million of capital investment that way. And Congratulations. That's it's pretty amazing. No small feat. No, it's pretty amazing. But what, what is really cool 
is is that, and uh, Tony Tropy and I have spent a lot of time discussing this. When we started doing this, we thought, you know, maybe we were going to build something. If we, if we worked hard in our 20s, we'd build something interesting for us to enjoy in our 30s. But what we realized is we were really laying foundation work so that when our children would make decisions about coming back to Akron educated to find a, a, a place that they would want to raise their families, they would want to be young. And I see that happening. You know, this summer has been really telling for me, watching what I, I think is a really energized generation really attack sort of the bones or infrastructure that we've been able to put in place in my career and really take Akron to a place that maybe it's never been. Can you you speak specifically to that? What events have you gone to this past year? Or which which, uh, operators do you see doing their thing? Who stands out or what events stand out where you saw that happen? i got to tell you, you stand out. But Jason stands out. Urban Eats stands out. Uh, You know, what these uh, the the guy at the coffee pot. You know, uh, you know the, uh, Zach Friedhoff and the people that he leads through this community, Sabrina Schweier, Gina Burke. I, I could go name after name after name. There is but a it, sea of yeah, There yes. is a sea of and good ideas. And you're right ideas, to say a generation. And they're, they are, they're energized. They're really yep. energized, and it's really heartwarming to watch. And in so many different areas. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, so it's, it's really fun. Like I said, you know, you... you I you know, you, your dreams are only constrained by your imagination, so let's pray you have wild imaginations. Cheers to that. We saw you at um, Better Block. You were posted up with your beautiful... Well, 500, five, a dinner for 500, you can't miss. No, no, no. Well, there's that. There's uh, the dinner. I know what you're talking about. You're talking about 500 plates. Yeah. But Better Block was in North Akron. Oh, Remember yeah. Your, I went you, all three days. That was a blast. You go to all these things. So I can't blame you for not being able to keep them straight. Because anytime I go, I see you there. Um, you support, and you're always in... You always have that big smile on your face. And I can tell... You know, now I understand better, like, what's going on in, in your mind. You're really appreciating that people are doing something good with what you helped create. It's great. Yeah. You know, because that's got to be the greatest reward, I would think. The biggest it, reward. It is. It's a lot of smiles. Is seeing it being it's, put to good use. It's a lot of smiles. You know, and I've moved to a point in my life where, you know, I have different focus and different passion. And to sort of disengage myself and come back like I do is really, really wonderful. Because, you know, when you're, when you're around something all the time, you don't really have a barometer on how the change is going. But uh, I was fortunate enough to sell Northside seven years ago and... I guess the short story in the last seven years is I've probably driven 60,000 miles, I've been to 34 national parks, and I've camped in 30 states. And he always comes back home to Akron. I love Akron. I got told somebody recently, you know, I want to get old in Akron. I just want to be gone a lot before I get old. You want to travel. That's natural. Go see the world and come back and still enjoy what you created here. What were you actually doing at um, Better Block, by the way? You were sitting... In a little, I don't know, call it like a little shelter or a little, you were on a little, little stage. House. Yeah, yeah did well, you see him there? It was, it was a, it was a shipping container. I'm fascinated by shipping You had a beautiful containers. dog with you. What's your dog's name? You always, have, you always have her with you. Lily. She, Whenever you can. Where buddy. is she? Is she under the table? No. I wouldn't be surprised. So, so you're, you're a fan of these pop-up shipping container projects, like the ones they do in Cleveland where they have little pop-up storefronts. I'm, I'm and, a fan of Is that of what your booth, booth was that, about that day? That's, yeah, I'm a okay. fan of anything that takes up less space. Um, that's actually the project that I've been working on this summer. It revolves around a restored 1957 Silver Dome trailer. You know, um, but you know, it, North Hill is so fascinating. You know, the thing that built North Hill was you know the Italian influx in the 
late 1800s and early 1900s. You know, today, North Hill is 60% Asian. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, to see it go through this rebirth with this whole new culture is just absolutely fascinating. And uh, I had read about, you know, the Better Block group on an experiment that they did years ago in Dallas and thought it was fascinating. Then I found out that they were the same people coming. And so, you know, for me, it was like a trip to the Petri dish because urban planning and urban revitalization just has been such a core since I was an undergraduate wandering around looking at German village, you know. So, so where would you like to see another better block? I, I vote for Kenmore and University Park. Those are the two I've heard about that I'm kind of excited about. But where would you like to see the next one take place? I would like to see it be in Ellet. Ellet. You know, Ellet's a forgotten community here. There's so much that is paid attention to in Kenmore, certainly with, you know, uh, Don's tenure. I think that, you know, Highland Square gets a lot of attention. I think the University Park area has gotten a lot of attention. North Hill has gotten a lot of focus. But, you know, Ellet's a really interesting part of our community that has preserved a lot of their core buildings down through Canton Road. So good, good bones, as they say. Or has, good bones. say? has good bones. Has good bones. Speaking of, you said uh, something about Don's tenure and and what he contributed to the Kenmore area. Did you go vote today? Speaking of the well, mayor, I don't the live former in, mayor. I don't live in Akron, so yes, oh, I did no? vote, but I couldn't vote for I, what I hope is the new mayor, Dan Horgan. Well, yeah. hopefully, all of you went and voted. Uh, when you hear this, it'll be yesterday, and and. We'll have a new mayor shortly here. It's going to be very exciting, and uh, there's other things to vote on. We have uh, the school board and, and, you know, Pete, who we've interviewed on the uh, show before, is running for that. So it's it's a big day here in Akron. It's it's vote for mayor we of Akron day. We also had other candidates on, too. Yeah, um, we did do that last in, month. In October. So it was it was very enlightening, and I think a lot of, you know, people appreciated getting to know them as people because usually we, we got beyond the sound bites, collected some personal stories from them about growing up here favorite music and things that they typically probably don't get asked by other local media so it's I, I think it's refreshing to learn that about people well i think that if you can get beyond that you, what you can learn is how hard these jobs are for these people to do well because they are just people they're people like you and i and we make them out to be superheroes and they're not and sometimes we ask them to do superhero things and they can't you know, so any way that we can get beyond that stereotype and get back to the person is better for everybody, including them. That's a good point. That's very insightful. How would you describe, though, um, how big of a role they can play when it comes to, say, what you've done here in terms of urban planning? Like, how how much does the mayor actually, you know, have in terms of an influence over that, over the future of some? Now, you're talking about how we overplay their status sometimes or have too high of expectations in terms of what they can do, or do they really have a really large role in something like urban planning and development? Well, tra- I know the engineers traditionally, they always have together. had a huge role, but that is somewhat dissipating because of the cutbacks in federal funding and state funding. So those were monies that flowed through their coffers that, you know, developers have traditionally gone to to augment the costs of development or a lot of the soft costs in engineering and planning, especially for public infrastructure that is often needed to accompany an urban redevelopment. Um, I think that part of that, and one of the things that, you know, the mayor said on his downtown walk was, you know, sometimes the city needs to get out of the way of the people that are trying to do something good. And that's a tough line to draw. But, you know, it's really important. You know, and for me, it's always been really important because I'm not a real big one to go attend meetings. 
and I really don't like to be told what to do. So I've always worked north of Perkins and south of Cedar, and I've taken the their rat holes, and they pretty much have left me alone. I guess I've had a pretty good track record. But, you know, I mean, if you're down in the central core of the city, you know, you have to... There's have, a lot more you politics have to, You have to have in. a meeting to cross the street, you <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah, a lot of, lot of red tape. You, you yeah, there's a, there's a lot. There is a lot. And, uh, you know, that's why, I, God bless Tony. You know, I mean, he must have the patience of Job to deal with that, and we know he has no patience at all. <laughs> you know, I couldn't do it. You know, but I've always just sort of been left alone. You know, we, we started Northside. We were able to build a project and then fold it back into the central business district. So, in essence, we were able to take a blighted area, read populate it, change the spin on it, and then add it to the special improvement district, where in essence we were able to create central business, central business district property out of something that was forgotten. And, and I think when you talk about the, the special interest district, isn't that, and that's where Downtown Acre Partnership comes in, right? Mm-hmm. And I think they do a fantastic job fantastic. Of, of just keeping an eye on the big picture of downtown, which is a challenge. You know, a lot of these buildings need so you know if they once they go into the hands of, of an entrepreneur from the county or the city they need a lot of work that people some of these people can't afford and so that that, that brings me to some of these you know like the better blocks and the markets and the you know the little like i guess you could say like mobile incubators that travel around and some people who are starting you know restaurants and other businesses and i i'd love to see them get more space downtown and get past some of that red tape and, you know and I, I think they're crucial to the future of akron well that's why i think w- Chris, we're in a really interesting time in Northside because, you know, as we sit here, there's, there's crews constructing a large parking facility that for the first time will allow connectivity to what I'm going to call the east end of Northside. And it's right out of the blocks going to be stabilized by three really nice projects. Uh, Keevan White is constructing the new White Space Headquarters. Mm-hmm. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Justice Justin Tokus and Emily Butcher are redoing the, the Ice House, and then we've tried for the first time. I'm not going to gonna lie. I've been to a party or two at the Ice House. We're going to... Just now saying. We're, we're I gonna, you weren't there, and I heard that you, know, you weren't a fan of those parties for insurance purposes, and I don't blame you, but that was... Thank you for that space. That was a good time. It's a very interesting building. It is. Let me... T- uh, hey, these uh, I, li- gonna, I lived in it for 10 I can't years. Just, I can't just say that. They're going to want to hear more about this, so... Uh, tell them exactly where it is. It's like on that little hill just by the train tracks. It is. It's, on, it's on the corner of Bluff and uh, Summit. And it's okay. an 1870 ice house. There you and go. And it was actually an ice house. Oh, sure. In well, the it's late still 19th, an ice house. It's a cool, it's a cool century, place. Which is why he's saying <laughs> that. But if you go into it, it has almost this, like a huge sort of um, garage sort of warehouse feel to it. It's That's not huge, big. huge, but it's it's a good size room. So it went from a literal cool place to a figurative cool place, right? <laughs> culturally cool, right? Yeah, culturally cool. And um, there is some, you know, there's one little uh, rentable housing unit attached, and um, studio. That's a studio. We studio. N- wow. We never have bedrooms. We have studios. All right. Can I say I know somebody that lived there? No, he worked, okay. he worked there. He yeah, periodically yeah, stayed yeah, late and okay. occasionally stayed overnight. Sure. There's that. So there was a studio attached, or is a studio attached. And uh, we would go, and there would be a DJ set up in the sort of, you know, garage or warehouse room. And it was kind of, you know, dark with techno lights, and everybody's having fun. And, and then you'd go around to the outside of the building, and there was a little bit of a lawn situation, and there'd be a bonfire out back. And, um, and man, it was just 
when I first uh, started hanging out in Akron and started dating Jason, that was kind of like one of the, the fun little party spots to go to. And, you know, it was like, you know, Deanna, who, who owned Crave back then. It was like, you know, respectable people, too, but like that kind of vibrant, younger crowd at the time. So thank you pr- for providing that space. Whether you approved of our activities or not, it was a fun time. It was, you know, but it was... It was a great time. It it's was a great an, building. Exactly. It was, you know, I appreciate it honestly and sincerely I'm not just talking about it from like a, a stupid party standpoint I'm talking about those are the types of places that they have character and for people that didn't want to go to like the cheesy club scene type situations you know that was one very cool spot that people could be very creative and artistic with in terms of getting together and being social and well, and we were I appreciate it a lot very of, much thank you we were able to do a lot of things there for 12 consecutive years, we hosted uh, Groundworks Ballet, so we would transform it into a 300-seat theater. Um, and I would hear about things like that, and, the, and it's also on the art walks um, It was always on the art list. walks. You know, so we, did, we, did a lot of, we did a lot of art shows there. It's a very cool space used for great things. Well, that's why I think that you know, we can possibly go there and open up a, another gallery. And I'd be really interested to try, because you know, for the last... Ten years, the gallery that I've had has been, it's been in a space in Northside that, you know, is commonly commercial. And I've always really enjoyed alternative spaces to show art. And so, you know, we've been able to take and take back on a stone street and create a gallery in a cellar. Yeah, and, and that's the vibe it had. I guess that's what I was really trying yeah, to describe. It I was like an alternative it. space it with a creative feel. You should be a little and nervous like, when you come that, to my place. That was a good setting. You know, that's where so, we wanted to be. So we're talking about sellers, so we need to talk about the why you're here today, to basically to, to promote this uh, new gallery. Opening, well, right? it's interesting to see. You know, I want to – I read these – Tenets of New Urbanism, where they talk about the need to have commercial spaces below and living spaces above. And so what I wanted to do is create a gallery in an area that, you know, you wouldn't normally find a gallery. And it's on a stone street that I'm absolutely fascinated by. And it's a 1914 cellar. And it's a cellar of a house that is a beautiful old home. And so uh, we created an urban campsite. We moved a 1957 trailer over there and we built fire pits and we redid the house and uh, we're going to open the shows with uh, two wonderful artists a painter named John Sokol and a sculpture person named Brett Hines so I don't know you know so many times when I've tried to do this before I don't know whether people will come or not and in the long run, they did. So it'll be interesting this time out because these millennials are all screaming for places to live downtown. So we've built a place for them to live. Yeah, you are currently looking for tenants for this house. You want a nice younger couple who can also kind of help maintain the galleries. So if there's anybody out there, he's looking for just that. Uh, some some you know, good, honest, a younger couple would be ideal with good energy and uh, the desire to help manage and, and um, take part in a sort of creative gallery space and again, in, in an all, sort of alter, alternative setting, excuse me, which I think that is the common thread of all your spaces that I've been exposed to. They have that history. They have that sort of unexpected feel to them. Um, but that's what makes them cool. Well, thank you. We try to have fun. And um, I don't know. I've never done anything that's ended up being Velveeta. Let's get personal. Where do you eat when you... <laughs> Where do, when you go I out, eat? where do you go I for your favorite? Nepali kitchen. Oh, I love oh, Nepali kitchen. Uh, everybody been, does. I, I love, love that Nepali everybody's kitchen. catching on. 
I, I like that. I um, went there a couple weeks ago. Very good. I um I like to eat my own cooking, to tell you the truth. Ooh, what do you cook? A uh, uh, complete cast iron guy. So, you know, I only cook in cast iron skillets. I make some mean cornbread. I make Mike, uh, you need to come to our chili cook-off on Thursday this uh, week. There's a chili cook-off right here in Musica this Thursday, November 5th. If anybody wants to come, it's $10 to enter your chili. And winner gets the pot. I love to say that. Get it? They get the whole thing. Um, all the entries put together. Uh, go to the winner. But you should do it. It's going to be fun. I bet you make a mean chili. I do. It's all sausage-based. That's okay. Yeah. All chili's welcome. It can be vegan chili. We don't care. It can be... Jason's making a three-pork chili. No, see, have. I normally would have laughed at that, but at that 500 plates, that was the best thing I ate was that vegan I'll, chili. We, have, we serve that, vegetarian chili in Urban Eats. It is actually vegan chili. Everybody loves it. I know. Carnivores I couldn't, I couldn't and herbivores alike. I ate three bowls of that that day. It's very, it can be very hearty. He puts probably 10 or 15 different beans in there. But anyway, he's doing a, a meat chili for this particular situation. You should totally do it. Everybody come on out. You can even just come. It's free to attend and eat some chili and, and vote. But that's really cool that you love to cook. I didn't know that about you. Do you cook for your family? Do you cook for anyone special? You no, know, I was a single dad raising a, you know, incredible athlete. My son played four seasons a year. And, uh. So he ate a lot of food, and he ate a lot of his dad's cooking. You know, my life really was sort of the courtship of Eddie's father. You know, it was me and Nick. And uh, my son could destroy mass quantities of carbohydrates, especially, <laughs> especially in swim season. Do you cook for your daughter, Chris? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I like cooking. And, and um, yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite things to do because I spent a lot of years cooking to put myself through college and when I was younger. Ramen noodles, young. Yeah, I, I don't find myself cooking as much these days. I'm working long hours, but yeah, it's. Uh, what do you mean? I don't ever see you doing anything. I know I'm lazy. <laughs> no, he's never. He never stops. He never. So, stops. so I want to. I want to circle back to something that uh, fascinated me too. I didn't go to 500 plates, but I'm very familiar with what it, you know with the event, and I know a lot of people really enjoyed it. And, and what you think about that event. And have you seen anything like that? Because you've probably seen a lot of cool things and events. And, and you've seen a lot of merging of art and development. But this is, this is art and food, which is, is sort of an interesting combination. Mm. So you know, it was like, kind of like a public art project. That it was, was a public a art project. storytelling project yeah. and a food project. And, and have you seen anything like it? And what are some of your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I, ha- I have to go back. It was fascinating for me because when I was in law school, I worked for the city's law department doing real estate work. And my brother-in-law and I bought 80% of the properties that were torn down through that whole swath to build that interbelt. So I had been in living rooms and in meetings and in conversations and taking houses and buying houses. So it was really fascinating to be out there that day in that sunlight eating dinner at a table for 500. But yeah, as a public art project, it almost reminded me of like Christo to see those tablecloths go that far down that way. I mean, they just, in the way, the way that the topography was, it, it went to her horizon, you know? So, I mean, you, you had this horizon break that I thought was just incredible. But then, you know, the notion of community coming together and sitting down with people from different parts of the community and eating on dishes that were made by a local artist of menu items or uh, uh, recipes that were submitted from a cross-section of the community. You know, it, it had this feeling of this great Sunday family dinner. I had one. Did you see it? I had a plate. Yeah. I had a recipe on a plate. Oh, good. 
Yeah, actually, you know, I've been wanting to make mine. I brought mine home. It's a, it's a squash, Which ca- squash did you get? casserole. Ooh, squash did you get? Ca- with the rotis- full the rotisserie chicken. Two? No, I just got the one. You got the one? Squash casserole. Well, um, well maybe this is a good neighborhood's thinking about doing more public uh, community dinners. And I know, I know some folks at the International Institute do a lot of community dinners. During nicer weather, they do a different person's house each month. They eat at, and they have different nationality cuisine that, that's featured. Right. And everyone brings their own chairs. That's a beautiful it's, thing. It's, a, it's, a, it's something that, that transcends sustenance in food. And it, it does. Just, well, it, it really helps bring a, tie the community closer together. The one speaker that day and talked about that, you know, the, the, this close correlation between food, sustenance, and community. You know, whether it's in a family situation or whether it's in something broader, which we are celebrating that day. And, uh, you know, to, to come together to share, you know, and uh, whether it's, you know, Italians eating a Sunday dinner in, you know, grandma's living room. You know, I mean, there's this, this whole heritage of Sunday dinner. And, it, you know, it felt like that. And then, you know, it was just such a beautiful day. And, you know, you, you, I think that I left that day feeling such a sense of possibility. You know, because you were there and you're looking at the skyline, you're looking back over at what you know to be, you know, just prime acreage with already infrastructure stubbed in and see to start thinking about what is the possibility here? Because, you know, you know, in some of the things in like housing, when people talk about housing, well, yeah, you know, hipsters want groovy housing. People want to live in, you know, lofts with gorgeous sinks. But there's a lot of people that <laughs> might like to live downtown that they just want to live in more conventional housing. You know, uh, you know, a three-story brick townhouse with a garage in the back, that's an Akron product. People in Akron, they can think about selling, and I don't know, on a cul-de-sac in Brunswick and maybe moving downtown. But they still got to be able to drive in the back door, put their groceries on the counter, and own a fee-simple interest in the land underneath them. Asking them to go on the sixth floor and share a parking deck, that's not a northeastern Ohio mentality. That's a, that's a tough leap. But I think that down in the inner belt, you have a land configuration that would allow construction of townhouses that might start to bring, you know, more of a settler mentality into the central business district. And I think, you know, we're ready for that settler mentality. The days of pioneering and frontiersmen are almost over. It's really interesting. It's a really safe place to be. People keep talking about that space, you know, having been inspired by 500 Place or otherwise as a community park or what it could potentially be along those lines. But this is the first sort of suggestion I'm hearing of actual living in that space, creating housing in that space to go with said park or, or yeah. whatever becomes creative. Um, it's too valuable a piece of property. You know, and you've got to put it back on the tax rolls. You know, I mean, that, that's, you know, too often times, you know, we ignore when we tear things down or tear them out or make streets that are, you know, six acres wide, you know, that, that those are really valuable square feet of taxable development sites. And that's what, you know, feeds your schools. That's what, you know, puts cement in the potholes. I mean, you can't lose sight of that. That's really what balances the whole equation. Well, and that's the education and the experience that someone like yourself brings to the table, someone who knows that. And so that kind of begs the question, you know, to be asked, are you planning on suggesting that to the city? Are you planning proposing or taking part in a project like that? I know that you're trying to, you're at the point in your life where you're kind of, Ready to sort no, of? I, I would. Stop. I would. Go, I would go brainstorm or help. Yeah. Or do something. But you don't like want this. to be as hands-on at no, this point, correct? I, you know what I learned this summer is that if I let my life drag me back in, my life can drag me back in quick. Would you consider yourself more or less retired from your? I would say transitioning. Transitioning you know? into retirement. Yeah, I um, 
study music now. I take music lessons. What I, do um, you? What instrument or singing or harmonica? What? Harmonica. Oh great! Um, Did you bring it? No. Ah, you could have played the theme song because I don't know if anybody knows we didn't play theme song. Uh, Hashtag missed opportunity. The other next thing, time. Other thing. Will you, you play know, the harmonica next time? I come draw, and I don't. Yes, I will. Thank you. Uh, but you're I'm not going to be allowed. You're not going to be allowed in the cafe without it. So there's that. But you, you know, so I draw, and you know, promised. and I drive around in my jeep. I want to see all the national parks. I don't want to go to any more meetings. I don't need. You know, I've done my lifting. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. I, you know. You want to enjoy. I'm more the used. I'm more labor. used up than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. But you look very happy and very content and very relaxed. Yeah. The expression on your face and, you know what I mean, the fact that you're going and enjoying these events, these community events. I mean, again, literally enjoying the fruits of your labor. It must be very, very rewarding. It, it is because I did good, it with wonderful people and they're still here. You know, you, you see the gray beards around the back and... Uh, you know, it's fun. They're good people. You Are know? you guys all high-fiving each other, kind of? With your, we love your energy. With, with we your love eyes you. and behind we, the scenes saying, ha, look at these guys. They get to work now. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we love your energy. You know, I told you. I think that, you know, we gave you infrastructure, and now what you do with it is up to you. And I see marvelous things with wonderful ideas, and I, I see the production of these things. It's cool, you know. Uh, and I'm just really happy. It's a really wonderful thing. And it has to feel like a proud parent. You know, you, you had a big hand in cultivating what Akron is now and the, the culture here. And, and by putting that infrastructure in place and developing some of these areas before before there were a lot of people downtown. You know what I mean? Because I, I even remember in the 80s, there didn't seem to be as many people downtown doing things as there are now. And, and you know, you had a hand in some of these places when they weren't so nice and weren't so developed and that, so that has to be a rewarding feeling, I would imagine. It is. It's, it's really rewarding. It, um, you know, because I, I go across the country, and I, I tell people, you know, Akron, it's right there with, you know, Grand Rapids, Michigan, Madison, Wisconsin, Springfield, Illinois, Portland. You know, we really, for a mid-sized city, we, we have a, a lot of wonderful things happening here. And the other thing that we have working for us is that, you know, there's so few cities in the country that their north end dissipates into a national park. And growing up here, I grew up out by Blossom, I always felt like we really lived in a beautiful place, and there probably couldn't be any greater confirmation than that, that they made it a national park. And so, you know, we are a really rare municipality that you can leave at lunch and take footsteps or bike into a national park. Nobody, a, get, nobody oh, gets to do awesome. that. awesome. I do not take that for granted. I mean, a lot of people from, do, any I think, so. from any area of Akron, from any area of Akron, hills. you've any got hills parks you accessible to you. I mean, there's the national park, there's the metro parks. I mean, we are so fortunate in that respect. Um, nobody should take that for granted. But but literally yeah. in our backyards are a wealth of parks mm-hmm. and, and scenery. And, and, and Akron overall, I think, is right-sized. I think that's what makes us a great refugee city it's what makes us a good place for people to leave and come back it's a it's a good place to start out careers if people don't if you want to live in new york whatever i mean people pass through akron too but i just think it's right size and i've always felt that way um and i actually think we there's more a lot of more room for growth for for development and for even our population but but it's it just feels right sized we have one of everything you know well we do have one of everything that was really a joke when i owned a saloon we were I walked in one day, and my bartender said, well, we're named the best blues club in Akron. And I said, well, great. 
who came in second? Like a bowling alley in Barberton? You know, yeah, what, you know, whatever. Because I, I tell one. people, you can do anything in Akron that you can do in and New York City. And you can be the City. best because it, you'll be the only one. Yeah, you, but you can do anything in Akron you can do in New York City. But if you want to go out the next weekend, you got to go back to all the same places. Because we have everything, but we only have one. <laughs> but that's changing, too. We've got Jilly's for jazz now. We've got Blue for jazz now. I mean, there's multiple venues for, for things true. at this point. Um, it's it, it's really cool. Galleries galore. Oh, I mean, yeah, the galleries are popping have, up. A tenth of the galleries we have available in the Akron area. Farmers markets in the summer. I mean, things are just popping up and popping up and popping up. But here's what I I have to say to you before this interview is over is I have to give credit to people like you and Tony Troby, which is so easy to do because you've done so much and it's easy to say, wow, you guys did a lot and thank you. Um, And it's 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 so important to say that and it's so well-intended. But for you guys to have done it, when you did it, for you have t- come into the scene when you did, like you said, you came back in the 70s and saw what you saw, and you stuck it out. You kind of took hold, you worked through something, you saw, you had vision of, of what could be accomplished, and that you stuck that out, and you made things happen, and you created these platforms for people like myself and other people to now come in and show up and say, hey, look at all these great things going on. I'm going to take hold of this and do something great with it. That's a lot easier in my opinion thank you because we showed up we had these a great variety of interesting places to take hold of and do something cool with in different ways but you guys did it when it wasn't so cool it wasn't ready it needed some love other people turned away moved away it was hurting and you guys stuck it out like that's well that's really kind but i have to tell you you know for guys like tony and i and for anybody that wants to pay attention that but there's you, there's windows of opportunity. You know, when things are so bad, you can go in and facilitate change. And you can get your hands on buildings with very little money because well, sure. nobody else wants no, them. I'm not you know? saying you didn't those, yeah, take no, hold no, of an no, opportunity. No, we and took hold of opportunities. An opportunist, that's a, that, but that's a good thing. That's an important thing. I think mm. that's a compliment. Yeah, it, but, it really was. But there were other people who probably would have said, and eh, that's too much work. My father. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, like th- that they wouldn't have believed in what the concept was. There was too much work to be done. They couldn't see it. You know, so maybe there was that great opportunity. Maybe it was affordable at the time, which made it accessible to you. But that's the fact right. that you had that vision and you saw that's it through right. and you put in the work. But, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. You know, I, I've often said that we should have a party and there'd be about 50 people that I could think of that should be invited. The forefathers. Yeah. <laughs> of and, today. you know, I mean, guys like Tony and I or Tony Mana. We get a lot of credit, but I have to tell you that, that there are bankers in this community that mm-hmm. you'd never know. There are city planners and engineers right. that, that you'd never know. That's why when you there mentioned are, the Tell family, I wanted to kind there of There are families and old money. That. My partner, Howard Myers. You know, I mean, there, there's just a lot of people there that really believed in the same dream. Guy Jerry Egan comes to my mind. So have a party here. You're yeah. welcome to use music. That yeah, would be a beautiful you know, we should, thing. Because there's a lot of people that have done a lot of lifting. That and this nobody, is their work has history. never seen the light of day, and none of it would have ever got done without them. Do know? it. And a lot of those we people, they know who they space. are, and you know, it's really, it's a cool thing. And they obviously did it because they love the city. They didn't do it for the recognition. No, they did it because they love the city in a, in a certain way. And and yeah, we uh, should, we should definitely. Give them some the, some kudos and, and yeah, especially because they're, they're old men now, and it would in be in a really, historic be really space cool. like this. That would be really a cool It'd be idea. Very fitting. And you know, and Tony and I could probably sit down in yeah. twenty minutes and write the guest list. Yeah, that would be a really cool. That would be a, a really cool 
Uh, Let's do it. We could do that under you know, your do it. Sure. Maybe maybe yeah. post holidays, like in January, when the holiday craziness and madness is over and things yeah. calm down well, a little bit. Yeah, that would I be that would be a, would be a really good a founding thing. fathers party, and then yeah. have that people would be, sort of made Akron what it is today. You guys can good. all dress up in periwigs and. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> Fancy little buckled shoes. So, big so foreheads. We're wrapping up here shortly, um, and I don't know if there's anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to mention or promote. Come that, Saturday night. Saturday night. Saturday Bluff, night, 152 Bluff. Bluff Blue Door. Bluff Blue Door. Gallery. You're going you're gonna to see some interesting stuff. Excellent. And, and that's the same night as the Art Walk, correct? So it, it is. It's, we it's are tied on the, in we with are the Art, on the art Walk You can ride the there trolley to our gallery. And if the weather's anything like it is today, it'll be a beautiful night for it. This we will we'll be painting the sky with fire. Oh, I like that. Well... Thank you so, so very much for everything you've done for the city, and thank you for being here today. Thank you for having um, me. Again, if there's a, a young, energetic couple out there who would like to live in a, a recently renovated home connected to this new hip gallery that is now part of the Art Walk, uh, you can go to the uh, new gallery this Saturday evening during the Art Walk and check it out for yourself and meet Mr. Michael Owen and talk to him about that opportunity. Thanks for having me. Sure. Thank you very much. And. Uh, are we going to do some events or promote some upcoming events? Or, or Sure. Well, I mentioned the chili cook-off. That's uh, this coming Thursday, the 5th of November. You can bring your own chili, bring a crock pot of it. Uh, it's $10 to enter. You can do that right at the door. And then the winner takes home the entire sum of the entries. All the entry money will go to whoever wins. And that's going to be like a blind tasting. So it'll be nice and fair. And we're going to have the Browns game playing on the Musica stage. Uh, and the bar will be open. So it's going to be a fun night of, of chili and football and beer here at Musica Thursday. Thursday uh, of this week on Saturday is the art walk which we mentioned and also um, coming up in November very very big weekend uh, crafty mart towards the end of the month that's um, the Saturday and Sunday right after Thanksgiving you can also see crafty mart at at a pop-up during the the art art walk they always have their pop-up of course of course there's so much fun stuff on uh, on the art walk itself and you're absolutely right crafty mart's got its pop-up situation they usually do that over at summit art space I think um, and the Akron Art Museum is launching a new exhibition. Uh, it's a painting exhibition. It's called Neo Geo, and the opening gala or celebration is November 20th at 6.30 p.m., and the exhibit itself will officially be on display and ready to be visited uh, the day after, November the 21st, and that will be there through April. So go check out the, the latest and greatest of the Akron Art Museum. Okay, and it looks like this Friday our... Our uh, Ryan, our one of our cohorts who's not here this evening, his band, the Copper Pennies, is playing at Market District at Portage Crossing Friday at 6 p.m. Hi, Ryan. Um, also this weekend, Art Reclaims Function, opening night party at Hazel Tree Interiors. Um, that's on Saturday from 5 to 9, also coinciding with the Art Walk. But it's great. They're more of the reclaimed art, um, which you know Karen Starr does, is, is really heavily involved in sustainability, recycling. And so that really fits to her philosophy and, and some of the great work she does in the community. Um, also, uh, our friends at Wandering Aesthetics are doing Scared Silly Sunday at 2 p.m., um, along with their Boogers, Witches, and Haints uh, one-man show with, with Kyle Josa. Um, next week... 
uh, acronists and wandering ascetics is doing our next installment of full circle storytelling where anybody in the community can come out get on stage tell a story um, new beginnings is the theme but it's at 6 p.m. November 10th at the North Hill branch um, of the library and it's a great it's a great event you know we we um, anybody who's in the audience it becomes contagious like we all go up and tell stories and the people who didn't plan on telling them by the end of the night everyone's wants to go up because the audience and performer are blurred you know you become you know, you can kind of switch between the two pretty easily. And also, um, November 13th, um, it's, and I'm probably going to butcher this name, Pechacucha is, is going on at, at the, uh, the Bit Factory at 7 p.m., and it's basically a, a presentations that are, that are really short and sweet, and I think it's like 20, 20 seconds per slide, um, and it's going to have a whole host of speakers, um, really interesting speakers in the creative community. And let's see. I don't know if we have anything else. I think that's all that I have, at least. I want to give everybody a little bit of a surprise heads up. Uh, the new Devil Strip will be coming out probably Wednesday of this week. So when you hear this, I could almost say today. Uh, but when uh, that comes out, it may or may not mention there's going to be a Devil Strip holiday party here at Musica. Uh, the evening of Black Friday. So the Friday night right after Thanksgiving, um, you can plan for that. That's going to be a good time. They have their official kickoff party for that magazine in uh, March of this year on St. Patty's Day, actually. That was a really fun time. And they're going to have a, a sort of, you know, follow-up holiday party, celebrate, and uh, just come out and have fun. And the Devil Strip crew is, is always a good time. So plan for that evening. And if you've got family in from out of town, it'll be a really fun thing to come to and introduce them to the whole uh, Devil Strip scene. Uh, and they'll, they'll love finding out about that and, and learning about the magazine that's come to Akron. Um, one more thing. Um, oh, shoot, I forgot. I lost it. What? What was it, Mike? <gasps> there was something. It just jumped Anybody? out of your Anybody? brain Anybody? and ran out of the front door. Oh, Urban Eats, we have our new menu out. I always forget. It's so funny, but people are always like, you always forget to tell us what's going on in the cafe. <laughs> so this time I wanted to remember to tell everybody the new November menu is out. It just came out yesterday, and we have our Thanksgiving burrito on it that we do every year that everybody's always all about. So you can come get that all month long, and we'll have that menu available for Crafty Mart at the end of the month as well. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Chris, for setting all this fancy equipment up that I broke um, earlier and we had no headsets for, but... I don't think you broke it, but yeah, we have <laughs> oh, no, I'm sure no way to monitor the sound. So if the sound is really out of whack, um, it's it's all my fault. It's my computer's fault, actually. No, let's just put it this way. The uh, one day that I helped set the stuff up, because the Ryan and Cody weren't here, the other guys weren't here, it's not working properly. So coincidence? I don't know. I think not. Mm. But, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I think we did all right. And the interview itself was excellent. So thank you, Michael, for being on with us. We, we do appreciate it. Um, thank you for having where's me. Where's your bomber jacket, by the way? Lauren Ward came in today and said, is he going to have his bomber jacket on, his signature? She's like, it's ask, warm. We don't need jackets. She wanted me to ask you if that's day. inspired by Top Gun, by the way. She's like. <laughs> no, a long time ago, we did an art show called Framework on Flight. And one of the artists brought those jackets for everybody. Oh, see, Lauren Ward, there's a story behind the jacket. Well, thank you again, Mike. Thank I you. love you, Chris. We'll see you and talk to everybody next time. Okay. And ready? Keep it. An anachronistic day. An anachronistic day. All right. <laughs>